Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Hope you have a great weekend planned. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 6.30 Chad. We'll have the Oilers finishing off their home-and-home against the Colorado Avalanche on this station tomorrow. We'll sign on at 6.30, and then the game will start at 8. In the NHL tonight, as we check your Crystal Glass scoreboard, for all your glass needs, visit crystalglass.ca. The Islanders lead the Penguins 3-2 early in the third. In the second period, the Wings are up 1-0 on the Lightning, and Dallas, in late in the first, leading San Jose 1-0. Can the Stars do the Oilers and Ducks a favor once again as they try to track down San Jose for first in the Pacific Division. Well, we just had a uh, great story about a hockey coach becoming a new father, uh, Bram Steven, while coaching the McEwen Griffins to the Alberta College title last weekend, became a dad for the first time while that best-of-three series was being played, and I'm sure that is a story that will resonate with our next guest. I'm pleased to welcome back to the show Edmonton Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley. Hey, Mike, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing excellent. It's great to catch up for you. I know you've had a busy week, so uh, thanks a lot for making time for us. But but on the uh, fatherhood uh, angle, uh, you uh, you know you welcomed a baby uh, during the playoffs last season. Uh, you and Emily uh, welcomed Brooklyn to the world. How's it been being a dad, Mike? <laughs> yeah, you know it's uh, it's been a blessing and it's been an extreme challenge all at the same time. Uh, <laughs> You know, every every day it seems like you learn something new. Um, it's definitely the the hardest and most rewarding job that I've ever had. Uh, it makes playing quarterback seem like a walk in the park at times. Um, but it's awesome. You know, my my wife uh, she did an amazing job over the holidays, and then she recently, you know, even though she works from home, she's out in the field a fair amount. So she recently went back to work, and and I've been a full time stay at home dad uh, once I finish my workouts in the morning. So. I'm getting pretty good at it, um, but again, uh, it's it's a work in progress. You know, like I said, every day I learn something new. But I've I've had a blast so far. You know, fans in Edmonton like you because uh, you're tough, because you you take hits and you get up, because you'll run with the ball and run over linebackers, and you know people admire that toughness. But if they saw you around Brooklyn, Brooklyn, are you are you just a big softy now, Mike? <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, she's not going to be out there on the field, so uh, I don't think we have to worry about me changing my style of play, but uh, absolutely, <laughs> I'm a different man when I'm around her. She's, uh, you know, they just they look into your eyes, they start to smile and giggle, and it just kind of melts you a little bit, um, you know. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely whooped. 
um, in that regard. But it's uh, it's also taught me a lot of patience. There's no question about it. Um, you know, when she's four months old and, you know, when babies are that age, they can't really tell you what's wrong. So it's a big guessing game for uh, for a period of time until you figure it out. And, um, you know, I, if nothing else, I will be a more patient man uh, this upcoming season than I think I ever have been. All right. Well, that's that's something we'll watch for, I guess. Jeez. Now, now, see, see now, now you just opened the door for talk show hosts to criticize you, right? Well, I, you know, I, I look at it more like, uh, you know, we have Shabbat Chambers coming back onto the team, and uh, he's going to notice the biggest difference because he's like my little brother. And, uh, you know, he's going to be like, wow, Mike, uh, I didn't realize that you were this patient before. I'm going to be like, I wasn't. This changed. So... <laughs> But, uh, I, that's a, it's been a good time. That's that's a great segue into some of the changes uh, with the roster. I mean, I think you guys knew there was a pretty good chance Darrell Walker would move on to an NFL opportunity. You mentioned uh, Chambers coming back. Maybe this opens the door for someone like Brandon Zilstra to get uh, more receptions. He came off the practice roster late last season and was pretty good. Uh, Vidal Hazelton has been signed from. Uh, Toronto, how do you how do you look at the potential of this receiving core? You know, with Walker's departure and some of the new guys coming in. Uh, you know, you you talked about all the guys really. I mean, yeah, we knew that Darrell was going to be leaving us. He was a special talent, um, you know, but he had to get his start somewhere, and it the way it happened was somebody got hurt uh, partway through the season, and and he was nothing more than a practice roster guy that had a ton of potential that. Um, you know, at the time we knew through training camp, we were like, you know, this guy can make some plays downfield. Um, but we also felt like he just wasn't ready yet and uh, had a lot to learn. And, you know, that's the same scenario that we have with a couple of guys like Brandon Zilstra and Brian Mitchell and, and with Vidal coming over from Toronto. Those are guys that have all the potential in the world and a ton of talent. Um, and they're just waiting for their opportunity. And so Brandon got a little bit of a chance probably the last three or four weeks of the season um, to play a role uh, in our offense and and show what he was capable of doing, and I don't I don't think he disappointed. You know, I, I had seen him play or or at least practice with us uh, down in Florida uh, prior to the season starting at minicamp, and he was a guy that I was excited about what he had shown and and you know potentially what he could turn into. And so um, again, he's not the only guy with Vidal and and with Bryant. Um, we feel like we have uh, guys that are going to fill in nicely uh, in that vacated position where Darrell was and. And, you know, that's all you really need is, is a chance, an opportunity to play. And, and they've done, all three of those guys have done well and been patient, uh, you know, and spent the time learning and, and paid attention to meetings, even though they weren't playing and, and made sure that they were ready for this opportunity. So I'm excited to, to watch the competition unfold this year in training camp. And, and, you know, again, there may be somebody that we don't even know about that uh, is going to be on the roster in training camp and, and may battle for some of those spots as well. But, um, you know, the, the, the guys that we have right now that I've been practicing with that I've seen, um, I have nothing but excitement to see what they're going to do for us because uh, although, again, it's tough to lose Darrell, uh, those guys are ready to step in and play some football, and, and uh, they're hungry, and, and, you know, Edmonton Eskimo fans should be excited that that position is going to be in good hands. Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley joining us inside sports on 630 Chet. You've uh, you've been in Regina for CFL week. I had Warren Moon on the show on uh, on Wednesday prior to your panel discussion. It was uh, you, Moon, and Anthony Calvillo uh, yesterday. What was it like to share the stage with those two men? Uh, that was pretty incredible. That was something that uh, the league had contacted me about a 
a week, week and a half prior uh, to that happening and asked if I was interested in that. Um, you know, and how could you turn that down? Those are two of the greatest to ever play the game uh, at the position that I play. And so, uh, you know, before we went out on stage, we spent about 10 minutes uh, with all three of us backstage just kind of chatting a little bit. And then uh, when Warren was up there, I actually had a chance to talk with Anthony for quite a while. Um, and it was just an awesome opportunity for myself because I always try to learn, um, try to pick up something everywhere that I go from other quarterbacks that play. And so just to be able to spend some time, um, you know, talking one-on-one with Anthony. And then uh, this morning when I was flying back, actually, uh, Warren was on pretty much the same itinerary as myself. So uh, I spent quite a bit of time with him at the airport just talking football. Um, you know, so just to try to pick their brains a little bit, um, that was a great opportunity for me. Um, but also just as a fan of football, as a fan of, of the game of football and knowing how difficult the position a quarterback is, uh, to see those guys and, and know what they did for the game and, and know the records they hold um, and just the success they had, it was pretty cool to be around that. Um, you know, it's something that, you know, I strive for. That's that's where I want to be. I want to, Someday, you know, I'd like to be, uh, you know, in my 40s or 50s and retired and, and have a current player that's uh, – you know, in his late 20s, early 30s, that's, you know, kind of up and coming and, and hoping to do what I did. So, um, you know, I got a long ways to go before I'm anywhere near that company, but it was definitely an honor to be on stage with those two guys. I, I don't want to act like I'm prying here, but because you got that opportunity to, to meet Warren, is there something specific he he told you, either a story or some advice that really resonated with you, Mike? Um, well, both both him and Anthony are guys that had long careers and uh, you know, I think my style of play is pretty well known, uh, as you mentioned earlier. And really the message that Warren passed on to me this morning was to, to continue to do great things, but also to play smart and, and protect your body and, and just longevity. Um, you know, he's like, you're too important to your team to not be out on the field. And it, it's things that, you know, I already know. Um, but coming from him, you obviously pay attention and you listen, um, you know, and it's stuff that, that me and coach Moss have been obviously working on for over a year now. And something that I think, you know, the adjustments have been shown in my game a little bit out of time, but it's still a work in progress, obviously. Um, you know, but it was the same thing that Anthony, you know, Anthony played for a long time. And, and the reason he was able to play was because he stayed healthy by making smart decisions. So those guys both uh, have seen me play. Um, you know, and they know my style of play. So that was kind of the information they were passing on to me. It was just to be smart and protect myself, and make sure that I play for a long time, you know, and, and that they loved watching me play and they didn't want to see, uh, you know, me go out before I was ready to. So that's, again, stuff that I've already heard before, but um, but coming from those guys, you, you certainly listen to everything that they have to say. Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley joining you on Inside Sports tonight. Mike, I just was hoping you could give listeners a little more insight as to CFL week. I mean, I saw you know stories online, pictures on Twitter of photo shoots. We've gone over the panel discussion uh, that you had with, with Moon and Kelvio. Tell us what the, what the week was like, and maybe in terms of just why it's important, and does the CFL need to do more things like this week? Yeah, it was a great week. I mean, it was it was by far the best off season um, program that I've I've been a part of since I started playing in this league. And you know, every year um, since I was traded to Edmonton in 2013, I've always done a trip in the off season for the league for the purpose of the league. And uh, it's been in Toronto up until this year. And 
And at first it was like seven or eight of us, and we were there for like an off-season promo shoot for Reebok. And then uh, the next year there was a few more guys, and then the next year it was, um, you know, like four or five. This is last year there was like four or five guys from every team, and it was for Adidas, um, you know. But it was really more just photo shoots and, and video stuff. Uh, whereas this year it was all inclusive. I mean, we got there. I was working all day, every day. Uh, you know, my wife, I think she thought I was on a little vacation and I was uh, pawing <laughs> the kid off on her, but I was working uh, from like seven in the morning till eight or nine at night. Um, and it was just, it was a great opportunity because we were able to do our marketing and promotional stuff with the video shoots and, and the photography shoots and things like that. Um, but we also did a ton of media stuff. There was a lot of media there, the, the car wash thing that they say you walk into a room and they had. 20 or 30 booths set up with uh, different media members from around the country. Um, and you, you know, had a ton of interview requests and that, that was a couple hours in length. Um, and then there was, you know, at the convention center type deal, they had set up uh, the fan zone, which was awesome. You know, we, we had a number of things that we did over there, a couple of round table discussions. Um, that's where the, the panel talk was with uh, Warren and Anthony. Um, we did a, a Red Cross uh, anti-bullying campaign over there. Um, I know that they had a flag football situation set up for the kids uh, that some of the guys were helping coach. And they at the fan zone, they just had a lot of football stuff set up. They had, you know, like a little uh, obstacle course that you could run through. Um, they had a bunch of booths with a bunch of uh, information and, and just games and stuff, and they had a lot of autograph sessions. So it was an awesome, ex- awesome experience for for the fans that were there as well. So it was just, again, it was something I have never seen us do before. It was all-inclusive with marketing, media, uh, fan interactions, promotional stuff, um, you know, and then we were able to we were able to film a lot of different things, um, you know, for the league and for the sponsors to, to put out, um, you know, between now and the beginning of the season. So not only was it a time in March for us to get everybody excited about uh, football in June, but we also were able to accomplish uh, filming things that we can we can put out between now and June, so that it's not, you know, something that over the next two months people were excited for, but then forgot about. Um, you know, I think as the weeks go by, they're going to release more and more material and ramp it up and and really make sure that everybody's ready to go when June hits. So um, it was it was very cool. There was probably 60, 65 guys from around the league, the, the league's biggest stars. Um, and that was an interesting experience too, because there's been so much movement. You know, you, you see Sia wearing Saskatchewan gear. You see Darian uh, uh, out there doing photos in Montreal gear. You know, it's just uh, you kind of forget how much movement there's been around the league. And so uh, to catch up with all the guys from all the different teams and and spend some time with my own teammates. Um, you know, I spent some time with JC and Mondo and Adarius. Uh, I didn't cross paths with Odell, but I, I heard uh, you know that from plenty of people that he was there and and uh, in fine form. So uh, it was just a really great event, um, you know, and, and I do think this is something that the league should and will continue uh, to push every year and I'm sure expand on it. Again, it's something that, you know, our league has done a great job of, of building to this point, and um, I have no doubt that we're going to continue to improve it and, and make it an even bigger spectacle. And on top of that, just for Saskatchewan, um, you know, in Regina, the city, to be able to show off their new stadium. Uh, that was a pretty cool thing for them, and, and that is a great stadium. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to going over there and, and winning a ton of football games uh, every time <laughs> we step on there. But uh, it was a great time. I, I really did enjoy it. 
Mike, thanks for letting us know how you've been and what happened this week. I know Eskimos fans always love to hear from you. Look forward to seeing you when you're back in town, man. And thanks again for being so generous with your time. Yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on. I'm going to actually be up uh, for the second half of this next week. Um, I'm excited to get some stuff done for the Eskimos. And uh, how about the Oilers, too, huh? I mean, they're playing some good hockey from what I've seen. And if I'm not mistaken, they didn't have like seven goals last night or something like that. They've scored seven goals in three of their last six games, Mike. How about that? How about that? That's like putting up sixty points. So um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to start uh, having a little competition here. I mean, I like the sound of that, but that's awesome. You know, I'm I'm an offensive guy, so I guess as long as you win, you win. But if you're gonna put up seven goals, and uh, you know, I'm pretty stoked about that. So uh, glad to hear that they're doing well. Hopefully, I'll catch a game when I'm back. Yeah, hopefully a playoff game. We'll see you soon, Mike. All right, have a good one. Bye. That's Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley checking in tonight. Excited about the Oilers season as well as the upcoming Eskimos campaign. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Always great to have Mike Riley on the show. Love interviewing him, man. Like, he is so genuine. Always uh, gives you thoughtful and complete answers. Doesn't give you the, the cliche. Mike will always tell you what's going on and let you know about his experience. And I think that CFL week that they had in Regina is an excellent idea. Anything that they can do to keep the league, uh, you know, present, and in the headlines during the offseason is a good thing. Of course, uh, the Eskimos season, where are we starting up in June? What month is it now? We got March? About two and a half months away from a preseason game. End of March now. How about that? Good stuff. You can text 630-630. Open line number 780-496-0063. In the NHL tonight, here's the latest. Islanders leading the Penguins 3-2 with about six. No, hang on. The Penguins just tied it. So 3-3 now with just over six minutes left. Islanders and Penguins. Red Wings up 1-0 on the Lightning after two. 1-0 the Stars leading the Sharks. That's after the first period. The Jets and Ducks are going to face off in about 45 minutes. Oilers and Avalanche coming up tomorrow here on 6.30. Chad, 6.30 for the face-off show. And the game will start at 8. It's uh, looking more and more, of course, like the NHL will not be have its players in the Olympics in South Korea next February. Here's Commissioner Gary Bettman. The IOC, about a year ago, took the position that they weren't going to pay the expenses of sending our players to the Olympics, which could be somewhere between 15 and $20 million. Yeah, that's Bettman who says the league has no timetable to resolve this issue. The International Ice Hockey Federation saying it needs a final decision by the end of April, so it is not looking good. Inside Sports on Chad, back after the news. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, thanks for starting your weekend with Inside Sports. It's 735. My name is Reed Wilkins. Mike Riley joined us on the program tonight. A couple Eskimos guests. We also had Len Rhodes, president and CEO of the team, about his battle with prostate cancer. Really appreciate Len talking about that. I know we had a couple of texters writing in, wishing uh, Len well, and talking about uh, one texter in particular about his uh, own battle with prostate cancer a few years ago. So we really appreciate those coming in. You can always text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. Of course, uh, Larry Highbaugh, Eskimo great, 
passed away earlier this week. And uh, this person writes in, I was Larry Highbaugh whenever we played football. My favorite player of all time, tied with Warren Moon. Sad to hear him pass away so young. I always wore number 13. I also played in the Sherwood Park Flag Football League, in which Larry and Tom Wilkinson played in. Well, there are some cool members. And, of course, Mike Riley, the current number 13, who I would think is the favorite Eskimo for a lot of fans listening tonight. The Oilers and Avalanche coming up tomorrow. It's going to start at 8. We'll have our coverage with the face-off show beginning at 6.30 p.m. right here on 6.30 Ched. The Oilers did not practice today, so the day off after a uh, uninspired, especially first couple of periods last night against the Colorado Avalanche, but they were able to get it done. Drake Kajula with a late game winner, 2-11 to go. I was saying incorrectly for a bit last night, Kellen, two empty net goals, mm-hmm. but Everly's goal, Everly's second goal, not an empty net goal no. because Jeremy Smith was scrambling to get back in the net. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the goalie net, had the net was the empty, crease, but... but the goalie wasn't off the yeah, ice, so it doesn't exactly. count as an empty net goal. Yeah. And then uh, Dreisaitl added one, actually. Did he go bar down on that one? He did, yes. From outside the yeah, blue line? Absolutely. Well, he, he does that thing every war- or during warm-up and that stuff, every time he ag- exits the ice where he what fires a shot from center ice? Well, no, he's in his own end. He usually misses. End? Rob and I were kind of tracking it earlier in the season. We, then we lost interest. There we go. But <laughs> hey, he's had plenty of practice at that attempt. If it was from you know about the same area of the ice, right? So twenty-six goals for Drysital. Having a great season. Uh, I mean, he and McDavid clearly driving the offense of the team. Patrick Maroon right up there with twenty-five goals. If you missed it earlier. He's the uh, Patrick Maroon is the nominee for the Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy. That's the one that honors an NHLer for dedication, perseverance, and sportsmanship. Dreisaitl now the tenth leading scorer in the NHL. By the way, sixty-nine points in seventy-four games. McDavid leading the way, eighty-seven points in. 74 games so a chance at 100 for McDavid he'd have to get 13 over his final eight well I mean he's definitely had a shot he's riding a six game point streak as is Dreisaitl you know I I was talking about the Oilers earlier and and I'm not I'm, I'm not that concerned about who they put in goal tomorrow if it's me, I put in Cam Talbot. And I know most people disagree with me, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, ultimately, it's McClellan and, and staff who decide. I, I totally get the argument for Brassois. Maybe for Talbot, it's a mental break, even more so than a physical break. I mean, I don't think he's tired He's tired physically. Uh, but you give him a mental break and maybe a day to focus on rest and a day to focus on practice before you play uh, L.A. on Tuesday. I just, I just, and, and I, and I, and I do think it's going to happen. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be like fan the flames of, of worry and get people all in a knot and throwing a hissy fit, as we used to say back in Evansburg. But I, I do want to see the Oilers play a more detailed game tomorrow because Vancouver they lost two nothing. That was pretty much Talbot stealing the game last Saturday. They, they didn't play great. Uh, they played quite well against Los Angeles. Won the game two nothing. You know, probably should have won by more, but Jonathan Quick kept it closer, especially in the first period. Anaheim, you know, an okay first period, but then you give up a late goal, and the second period in Anaheim, probably one of the Oilers' worst of the season, and they're not able to rally. And then just one of those games in Colorado where you kind of know it was there for the taking. If you go out and initiate and you play to your strengths and you play anywhere near your potential, and they just you know, fought back in it, let it get away again. I did not think Talbot was a problem last night, but I, but I understood why you made the goaltending switch after two periods. So they're able to 
to pound a bad team in the third period. I just hope they come out and initiate tomorrow, play harder on the puck, get inside the other team's equipment like McClellan wants, because we haven't seen enough of that lately. Now, again, do I think that the Oilers have issues here that are going to persist long-term? I don't think so. I and mean, we've seen them, you know, have, uh, like any team, ups and downs and be able to work their way out of it. And, I mean, speaking of those ups and downs, we had a caller earlier in the show saying, what's going on with the Minnesota Wild? Minnesota Wild are 2-8 and eight in their last 10. The San Jose Sharks are leading the Oilers division. They have lost four straight, and they're now losing 3 nothing to the Dallas Stars. Five minutes into the second period, to the Dallas Stars. So, I mean, if, if the Sharks do indeed lose that game in regulation, the Oilers have a chance to tie the Sharks in points for first in the division with a win tomorrow. Now, the Sharks would have a game in hand, but still, the Oilers play them a couple of times. So, you know, the, am I writing off the San Jose Sharks because they might have lost five in a row? No, they're going through a downtime. I, th- I think it's been a little bit of a downtime the past week for the Oilers. The good news with the team is they have enough talent that they can win games against lesser teams by playing poorly. I, I, it's going to be hard for them to steal games against other good teams. They're going to have to be more detailed and check harder in the playoffs. But, I mean, I'm sure the 50 teams, the, the Colorado Avalanche have lost 50 times in regulation time. I'm sure many of those nights the other team maybe wasn't at their best, but it was enough to beat the Colorado Avalanche. So the goaltending, sure, is it a story for tomorrow? The bigger goaltending is how the bigger story for me is how the 18 skaters for the Oilers play tomorrow night because they've been kind of uh, you know mediocre the last four games. But again, you'll take going three and one. Um, I'll always take winning ugly over losing pretty. This texture says, "Give Cam a break." Here's the thing. I assume he means give him a break from playing, not me give him a break, because I don't think I was saying anything negative about him. Here's the thing to that texture, and if it's me, I'd play Cam. I think they're going to play Brassois. There's a difference between what I would do and my opinion on what the coaches are going to do without having spoken to them. So we'll see. Uh, Jim says, I want to see double digits tomorrow, LOL. Well, they're probably going to have Pickard in net tomorrow, right? So you'd think he's a better goaltender than Jeremy Smith. I, I mean, look, the Oilers, the Oilers, the good teams establish how they play regardless of the competition, right? You look at some of the great teams from the past, whatever you want to call it, this century, whether you want to look at Patriots, Spurs, you know, the Red Wings, though now they're obviously going to miss the playoffs this year. But the good teams say, all right, here's what we do. We're going to go out. We're going to initiate. We're smart enough to respond to whatever you do. Think you can take it away from us? Nope. You know, you go out there, you get a lead, you put the other team in a hole, you maybe make them lose interest in some games. And that's and that's the thing about playing teams like when they play Dallas and playing a team like Colorado tomorrow. And we've seen the Oilers in this situation. I mean, I believe, you know, players are pros. They get up for games. They're always going to try. I mean, I don't think guys go out there and totally give up. But if you're uh, 20 points behind 29th, like Colorado is, and you're losing 3-1 after the first period, you know, are you suddenly as interested in blocking every single shot or digging with maximum energy for every single puck? So that's what I want from the Oilers. Get out there. 
beat up on the bad team. I mean, like Tom McClellan says, sometimes you got to be a bully. Not in real life. Out on the hockey rink, it's it's fine. Go out there, kick sand in Colorado's face. Make them lose interest. Put the game away. Have a nice, efficient night for your fans at home. That's what I'm hoping. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Got some responses to the uh, Sidney Crosby slash on Mark Mathot. Southside Rob says, hey, Reed, as per the Crosby slash and how we look at it, imagine if your son or daughter was injured like that and how you would feel about the infraction. As a former player, coach, and current dad, I would be upset about Crosby's action. That is the simple way to make a decision on any egregious act in any sport, in my opinion. That is from Southside Rob. The Big L says, Reed, what should come out of that Crosby slashing incident is the glove manufacturer has to go back to the research and development stage and create a glove that is better. Of course, light, great touch and flexibility, and in this case, increased protection. Some of these pro-stock gloves make players valuable, or sorry, vulnerable to injury. That is from the Big L. This player says, Reed, according to the rule book, that's a penalty. You slash a guy's stick, it's a penalty, so why is a slash on the hand not? So what if there's a penalty every shift? The players will have to learn to adjust. This texture says, Reed, Crosby didn't try to hurt him. It was really a fluke play and a fluke injury. I mean, wasn't Crosby wasn't trying to cut a guy's fingers off. It's only a huge deal because it was Crosby. Well, you know, that's a good point. I mean, we had a Jim call in, and I respect what, what Jim said, that if you know Crosby gets injured like that, it's going to be a bigger deal. It's also a bigger deal because Crosby was the one who initiated the pain, right? I mean, if that was... Uh, if that was Jujar Kara slashing... JT Comfer from the Colorado Avalanche, people are just going to, it's just going to be one of those, oh, look gross, oh, his fingers bloodied. And then it's laughed off or in all the top 10 lists for gruesome injuries. I don't think it's going to create a suspension discussion. Islanders and Penguins in overtime, about a minute 43 left. We'll give you the update. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. So the Penguins and Islanders are going to go to a shootout tied 3-3. How about this? Halfway through the second period, Dallas leading San Jose 4-1. It was 4-0, but Joe Thornton just scored for San Jose. The Sharks only with eight shots on net, staring down their fifth consecutive loss, and obviously that would help the Oilers as they chased possibly the division title, at the very least the highest seeding possible. The uh, Lightning and Red Wings are tied 1-1 with about 11 and a half minutes left. Still to come tonight, the Jets play the Ducks. Of course, Oilers and Ducks tied with uh, 89 points. Anaheim with a game in hand, so that they are making up that game in hand tonight. Games to keep an eye on tomorrow. Obviously, we have Edmonton and Colorado. San Jose will play again. They're going to be in Nashville. Calgary plays St. Louis, and the LA Kings will play the New York Rangers. Uh, Edmonton's magic number to clinch a playoff spot, this is provided that Winnipeg doesn't rally and pass the LA Kings, Uh, it's seven. So that's any combination of points that the Oilers get and the Kings don't get, totaling seven. 
puts the Oilers into the playoffs for the first time since 2006. It will happen. It's a matter of when. And how about this? Just keep this in mind as a scenario. And I know I try not to do too many what-ifs, but i got to think about this. If Edmonton wins tomorrow and L.A. loses to the Rangers in regulation time, the number is down to three. The next game after tomorrow for the Oilers and the Kings is at Rogers Place on Tuesday night. Which, mean an, uh, which would mean an Oilers win either in regulation or even in a, in a shootout or overtime would put them in the playoffs because there would also be a point there that the Kings wouldn't get. So it would total three or four if the Oilers won in regulation. So just something to keep in mind. You could have that clinching party as soon as Tuesday night. I don't know if people are going to have clinching parties, but... I was going to say, is that A clinching still a party sounds like what boxers would do. Because, you know, they clinch. Yeah. I just totally principate that, didn't I? Yep. Not as well as Gene either. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text six thirty six thirty. You can all these uh, email inside sports at six thirty ched dot com as well. Great to have Mike Riley on the show. If you missed anything, you can get it on the inside sports page on six thirty ched dot com. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer as we head into the weekend. Here is this mm-hmm. your last day of work for a while? Or are you uh, working tomorrow? No, I'm I'm here tomorrow. But this is your last inside sports for a while. Yes. Now, what, what are you taking a holiday? Are you going to like the French Riviera? Are you going to see the pyramids? <laughs> No. So I assume you're doing something cultural and relaxing. What, what are you doing? I'm uh, heading to Orlando for WrestleMania 33 next week. For WrestleMania 33? Yes. How many WrestleManias will this be for you? Uh, second one I've seen live. Yes. Oh, just two in yeah. person. This, I thought this you will be my second one. What, was it last year or two years ago you went? Uh, 2014 oh, was 2014. the last one. Yeah. Well, so. it's been eight. It's long overdue. Absolutely. Long overdue. Yep. Uh, all right, so what? Uh, tell me, someone who does not follow professional wrestling at all, what is the? Is this next Sunday, April second? Yeah, in Orlando, and it's in a football stadium. Yeah, is the, the uh, Citrus Bowl. Fo- oh, the Citrus Bowl. Okay, yeah, great. There you go. So uh, the Islanders just beat the Penguins four three in a shootout. So what? Uh, what should the non wrestling fan be aware of? So when he goes to work next Monday morning, uh, should he at least what bout should he know about? to talk about with his wrestling co- his or her wrestling co-workers. Well, the the big one will be for the universal title between Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. Goldberg is the universal champion right now, Lesnar number one contender. <laughs> so, so. Uh, I guess uh, being the world champion wasn't enough? No. That's, no, that's <laughs> another thing, too. You're the champion of the universe. Universal, the, yeah, universal title is like brand new. It's Has he fought anybody summer. from Jupiter? How, <laughs> what about all the other planets they're discovering that could have life? Oh, I don't could know. Could possibly be inhabited. I, I heard with, there's like an eight-foot-tall wrestling sea creature from Neblon 7 that might so, come over. So is this but. the universal belt? Is that the best belt you could have now? Uh, it's the one on Monday nights. It's not the best, but it's the one they push the Well, they the have most. different belts for different days they still of the have week. The, this is the confusing <laughs> bit. They still have the World Heavyweight title, but that's on the Tuesday night uh, SmackDown show. So they're really pushing the Monday Night Show. So they have a heavyweight title, and then they have a SmackDown and a Raw champion. That's right, yeah. And then is there still an Intercontinental champion? Yes. He's on SmackDown. So there's four different... So who's fighting for the actual WWE heavyweight championship? For the heavyweight title, I'm just trying to... Now you put me on a blank because they've been pushing the universal title. Oh, heavyweight title is Bray Wyatt is the champion. Never heard of him. Randy Orton is the challenger. I've heard of him. Okay. All right. There you go. Somebody just texted in, it's fake. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> and? <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> like, hey. 
I realize my elevator doesn't go all the way to the top floor, yeah, folks, absolutely. but it's not stuck in the basement. I realize professional wrestling is indeed scripted. Not fake, scripted. Predetermined. Right? You don't like it when it's called fake. Pre no, predetermined. 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 Uh, still 4-1, Dallas leading San Jose. Still 1-1, Lightning and the Red Wings. I mentioned the Islanders won in a shootout. Jets and Ducks coming up later on tonight. I want to thank our guests. You heard from Mike Riley, Bram Steven, and Len Rhodes. Thanks to everybody who texted and called in tonight as well. All the best on his holiday to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy, though I will talk to you during the Oilers broadcast tomorrow night, which will begin at 6.30 with the face-off show. The game against the Colorado Avalanche will begin at 8. Patrick Maroon, the Oilers nominee for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins, coming up to 7.57. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'll talk to you from the rink tomorrow. Just keep moving on. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.